1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to start off in Luke 8:11, and we're in this series, Four Things We Must Confess. And actually, the confession we just made is based on four things we must confess. And I've taught this series on Wednesday nights, I think maybe a couple of times, but never on Sunday mornings. And because of the way the Lord led us in the Holy Week revival this year, and then what we happen to be getting to in faith and confession on Wednesday nights, dealing with confession, this seemed like a, a good thing to do on Sunday mornings because we've never done four things we must confess on Sunday mornings. And somebody might say, well, why don't we do something new? Uh, Austin was telling me about a Bible school that is bragging they're the only Bible school in America that has a course on angelology. angelology. Well, Tell your neighbor, that's not going to pay your rent. <laughs> Amen. And then tell the neighbor on the other side, you're weird enough already. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, you know, I told, I told one of the ushers the other day, if it's new, it's wrong. Right. You know, I don't know if you realize it or not, but there's not a single page in this book that's newer than 2,000 years old. Right. And so a lot of times people are looking for something new or different. And there is new and different stuff out there, like Fauci. But it's jacked up. So we just do old school. We stay with the Bible, sola scriptura. And uh, we, then we discovered, man, we are blessed like all get out. Amen? Amen? Now, when we deal with topics like faith, prayer, healing, prosperity, or confession, don't tune us out. Don't say, well, I've heard that. Because we are walking in greater revelation and greater blessing every year. Like I said yesterday, I watched part four of the 2020 Holy Week revival. And uh, I went out and told Sue, I said, if I could send just that message back in time to myself, I'd give a million dollars to do it. Greater revelation greater understanding, greater knowledge than we've ever walked in. So have ears to hear. Tell your neighbor, have ears to hear. In Luke 8, 11, Jesus said, this is the meaning of the parable, the seed 
is the word of God. So the seed is the word of God. Seeds are, seeds are amazing. You know, the deep freeze in February uh, was so destructive in so many ways, but we had them pull all, all of our pansies because it just, it just, you know, pansies love cold weather, but not that cold. And uh, so when I went out to pray this morning, I had Sue come outside. I said, look at this. There was a pansy not where they had been planted, but apparently a seed had blown over. And there was a pansy coming up where it, one had never been planted. You know, seeds know their business. And people are always saying, well, I don't understand. I don't see how that works. You, you, you hypocrite. You, you plant bean seeds if you have a garden, and you have no idea how that bean does what it does. You have faith that the bean knows what to do. So you plant the bean. Or watermelons. You don't know how... How does a, how does a hard little black thing turn into a great big green thing full of red juicy stuff on the inside. There's not a person here. Now the lady, the lady that wrote that testimony, she could probably explain that, but nobody here could explain that. You understand? So we don't need to understand this stuff. We just need to believe that God knows what he's doing and then take action on it. And we are to sow the good seed of God's word into the soil of our lives. And one way we do that is through confession. The seed knows its business. From the moment it is planted, the seed goes to work. You don't have to understand how it works. Just know that it works and then take action. So God's word has been given to you as a seed for what you need. I mean, just, what, just look what's happened in 60 years since they threw the Bible out of public schools. Just look what has happened. And so seeds are being planted in the hearts of these little ones. But what kind of seeds? You know, yesterday was May Day, the first day of May. And so, I mean, did you ever think you would live long enough to see communists marching in the streets of a city in Texas? But see, this is because of the seeds that have been planted through public schools and colleges and universities. You know, a, a, a bean seed is not going to produce an apple tree. And so there's no point in being shocked why we got all kinds of commies running around the United States of America because that's the seed that has been planted. Well, the most powerful seed on the planet is the Word of God. It's greater than anything else. So God's Word has been given to you as a seed for what you need. God's Word is a seed that you plant and the seed forces the soil into production. I believe this with all of my heart. That's why when people walk in the doors of this church, I don't judge them. You know, I was thinking the other day, you all look so scrubbed and coiffed and middle class. But I, I met a bunch of you back when you were drug addicts. And I won a bunch of you to the Lord and I laid my hands on a bunch of you and you got set free from drugs. And now nobody know that now because you know you look so upper middle class. If it weren't for ex-drug addicts, we would not have Faith Christian Center paid off. I know that. 
because I know the stories. Amen. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know what I'm talking about. So the reason I don't judge people based on the way they look when they walk in the door is because I have more faith in the seed which is the word of God than whatever my eyes are looking at when I watch visitors walk in the door because I know a great secret. If, if they will just hang out here, I can plant the seed which is the word of God into their hearts and the seed which is of the word of God has greater power than whatever Satan has wrapped around their neck and the seed which is the word of God will set them free and change their lives. Can you see that? But we have to hang around long enough for the word to germinate in our lives. So force the good soil of your heart to produce with your confession of God's word. Put positive pressure on your circumstances with God's word. Force your circumstances to change for the better with God's word. Proverbs 8, 20, 18, 21 is a great principle in the word of God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And I've always found it curious. He did, not, he did not say life and death are in the power of the tongue. He said death and life are in the power of the tongue because I think death is the default. Death is what normally comes out of people's mouths. In your life, you are the farmer. You determine the seeds you sow. You determine the words you speak. To change your life for the better, to change your life and your circumstances for the better, change what you are saying, change what you are confessing. Words spoken in faith will put positive pressure on your circumstances. And some of this is natural, but I mean, some of this is supernatural, but some of it's natural. You get around people and you talk negative, they don't want to lend you money. You get around people and you talk negative, they don't want to hire you. You get around people and you talk negative, they don't want to promote you. You get around people and you talk negative, they don't want to give you a raise. So part of what I'm teaching this morning is supernatural, but part of it's natural. You know, if you have a cheerful, positive disposition, you're automatically going to get further in life. Amen. Words spoken in faith will put positive pressure on your circumstances. According to God's word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's word in every area of life or not. And that's hard for people to accept. I, say it out loud, I am what God says I am. And uh, this is part of my bark. When I say bark, I'm not talking about bark like a dog, I'm talking about bark like a tree. Because I learned this principle about 30 years back, that I'm what God says I am. And so periodically out there in the fellowship atrium, people call me some interesting names. But I got bark on me because I learned about three decades back, I'm, I am what God says I am. I'm not what somebody else says I am. Amen. Amen. And here, what was that, eight years ago, somebody said we were deplorables. That, that just bounces off me because I'm not going by what people say. I'm going by what God has said. Amen. Say it out loud. I am what God says I am. Say it again, I am what God says I am. And somebody might say, well, it sure doesn't look like it. Well, but that's the point of being in church. That's the point of hearing the word. That's the point of taking action on the word of God because over time, over time, over time, the word will take charge of the soil of your life and the word will force the soil of your life into production. Amen? 
to live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess who you are in Christ. And the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. And we've been dealing with this now. This is the fourth Sunday. So who are we in Christ? We've learned that we are new creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Say it out loud. I'm a new creation, a new creation. in Christ Jesus. Say it out loud. The old is gone. The new has come. I have new life in Christ. Who are we in Christ? Well, we're, we're complete in Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 and 10, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. The Bible says ye are complete in Him. To be complete means to be whole, to lack nothing. Say it out loud. I am whole. I am complete. I lack nothing. In Him, I have everything I need. Amen. I'll tell you, there's great contentment in this. And I think that's one reason Paul said that I have learned in all things to be content. You know, I heard Kenneth Copeland say something back in the 70s. It's hard to believe the 70s were 50 years ago. But I heard him say something back in the 70s. If I can't get what I want from God, I don't need it. I don't want it. Some of them might say that's crazy. Well, how much of our lives do we stretch and push and shove and struggle and, and we get something and then we're not even sure we wanted it? Some of, now, I'm not talking about your wife. You know, in other words, we, we push and we shove and we struggle and we get something or we make 360 easy payments and we're not even sure we wanted it. But when something comes into your hands as an answer to prayer, there's a sweetness to it. I mean, I mean, when God drops a miracle into your, into your lap, I mean, there's a sweetness to it. Hallelujah. You know, I know, the devil knows, you can't pay off a, a property like this in the year of the corona. And there's, there's just a sweetness to walking in the miraculous power of Almighty God. Can you say amen? And so then that, that gives us great confidence to turn around and believe God for this and believe God for that and then to follow peace. Say it out loud again. I am complete in Him. In Him, I have everything I need. Amen. Who are we in Christ? We are qualified to inherit the kingdom. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us. What tense is that? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us. What tense is that? He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Say it out loud. I have been redeemed, have been redeemed from the curse of the law. The Say it again. I have been redeemed, have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Say this out loud, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come, that I might have life. And so don't, don't offend God, don't offend God by going to God and asking God if cancer is God trying to teach you something, or if some, even the seasonal flu is God trying to teach you something, or 
Getting a car repossessed is the work of God. No, 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 no. If it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it's the devil. I said if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it's the devil. If it's life, it's God. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And notice the word might. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And we pointed out last Sunday that every day of his life, Abraham was a a dead man spiritually because there there was no Jesus. There was no death on the cross. There was no burial. There was no resurrection. There was no coming of the Holy Spirit. So every day of Abraham's life, he was a dead man spiritually. So how to, in what way could God bless him? The only way God could bless him was materially. And Christians, you know, I thank God for my wonderful fathers in the faith. You know, I thank God that my mom took me to Bethesda Missionary Temple trying to get healed from a slipped disc in her back and I... I was able to sit there and be pastored by Myrtle Beal, M.D. Beal. And then I met Finest Jennings at Dake and all these others. And they went by the word of God. My father's in the faith. They just went by the word. They didn't go by some denominational teaching. They didn't go by some papal decree. Uh, They didn't go by Greek philosophy. They went by the word of God. Thank God, thank God. Because look... If you were in the wrong place and you hear the wrong word from the wrong person, you could be messed up. Amen. I thank God. I'm so grateful that I didn't become like most Christians. Well, here's what most Christians have done. They have taken all the good from the Old Testament and they threw it out in the trash bin and then they believed to get saved. And that's it. But I, I went to public school, but they taught me how to read. Back in the 60s, they don't do that anymore. They taught me how to read. And I read the book of Hebrews, and I found out that we have a superior high priest, and I found out we have superior promises. And I'm just a B-plus type guy, but I figured out myself that if Christianity has a superior high priest and Christianity has superior promises, it has got to do everything the Old Testament does plus more. I mean, if you ladies went to the grocery store and you bought new and improved Tide and you found out it did not clean clothes, you would be upset because the Old Tide cleans clothes. So when they say new and improved, it's got to do everything the old did plus more. Are you hearing me? And that's the way I, I read Hebrews, that if, if we have a superior high priest and we have superior promises, it has got to do everything the Old Testament did plus more. So I thank God for my fathers in the faith that I wasn't taught and trained by some dope. And so when I find good stuff in the Old Testament, and then how about Galatians 3? Tell your neighbor, go home and read Galatians 3. I find out Galatians 3 that every good thing in the Old Testament that's a promise I can claim because I'm covered. it It is the blessing of Abraham come to the Gentiles. 
Well, I'm not of the tribe. I'm a Gentile. So if I find out that the blessing of Abraham might be mine, I want to find out what I got to do to make it mine. Paul says it might be mine. Well, that means I'm good to go if I do A, B, and C. Well, I'm going to find out what I got to do to get there because whatever good, positive promise I can find in the Word of God, Old or New Testaments, I want it. Amen. Amen. I mean, I got so disgusted with Christians 20, 25 years ago. I told Sue, the Lord probably wasn't happy with this conversation. I said, look, if I had the whole thing to do over again, when we moved to Fort Worth, you know, I would have converted to Judaism. I'd have, I'd have gotten baptized. I'd have converted to Judaism. I'd gone through the whole rigmarole. And then I would uh, discover Jesus all over again. And then I would paint myself as a, what do they call that? Messianic Jew. As I tell you what, I've had it to my fullness with uh, two penny-minded Christians. The world's gone to hell. America's gone to hell. We got communists marching in the streets in Texas. All because Christians were too cheap to believe God on money. And it all went to hell. But I did my part. I got, hey, you know what this is? This is a, this is a faith bubble. This is a normal bubble. This is a non-COVID bubble. This is a non-Fauci bubble. But you know what else this is? This is a prosperity bubble. It's a bubble. But it's all because we go by the word of God only, not papal decrees. You can't go by that, those guys because they change their mind all the time. We don't go by denominations. You can't go by that because they hold a convention and they hold a vote and then they change what they believe. You can't go by that. Seeds. What kind of seeds are you allowing to be planted in the hearts of your children? Seeds. What kind of seeds are you allowing to be planted in your heart? Because seeds germinate. You know, I disappointed a man this past week because he said, now when are we going to put your color out? And I said, well, I'm sorry, but I said, your company cannot plant color here anymore. What do you mean color? Seasonal flowers. Oh, he was horrified. Why not? I said, because, I said, when you planted those pansies, I said, whatever nursery you bought those pansies from, the, the, the soil was full of weeds. And I said, even after the February freeze, when we pulled all those pansies out of here, I said, my guys had to apply weed killer six times to get rid of those weeds because the solution was, the alternative was to dig up the dirt a foot deep and replace it. That's how many weeds? Seeds. 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 Everybody that has a registered dog understands this. If you have a registered dog, man, you got to keep them segregated because whatever mongrels wanted around you, the neighborhood's going to plant a seed. 
And you know what you're going to get? Non-registered whatever. Seeds. Seeds are powerful. Seeds are powerful. What are, you, what are you saying to each other at the house? When you, when you open your mouth, <laughs> when you open your mouth and you speak to your children, those are seeds. What are you speaking into the life of your children? There are people here this morning and you are still suffering in your soul over what your parents said over you. You suffer in your soul over what was spoken to you. There was a lady here years ago and she was just odd. And she went on a ladies' retreat and took her mom, and Sue came back from the ladies' retreat and said, now I understand so-and-so, and I have total 100% empathy for so-and-so because she met the mom. And, and all growed up, and on this retreat, and the woman in the church paid for her mom to go as a guest, and the, the way that that woman spoke to her grown daughter. These are seeds. These are seeds. Amen. These are seeds. I remember the day I turned to my father in my own garage two houses back and I told him, I said, I said, look at all this. He criticized our cars. I said, look at all this. I said, look at the house, look at the cars. I said, you don't have any money here. I said, so you have no voice here. He was not happy. But I have a strict policy. If I'm paying for stuff, then I'm in charge. Amen. Amen. Seeds. Seeds. Don't tell your, cho your children they're stupid. Don't tell your children they're fat. Don't tell your, don't tell your little boys they can't hit the toilet. Don't, 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 don't do it. Seeds. Say it, tell your neighbor, words are seeds. Tell the neighbor on the other side, words are seeds. So we're everything God says we are. And when the Lord comes along and says that we might have the blessing of Abraham, one of the ways of walking in the blessing of Abraham is to say about my life what the Word says about my life. I'm qualified to inherit the kingdom. Say it out loud. I'm qualified to inherit the kingdom. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. See, Galatians 3.14 says he redeemed us in order that the blessing might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. Say it out loud. I'm not cursed. I'm walking in the blessing. Say it again. I'm not cursed. I'm walking in the blessing. So you find the curse in Deuteronomy 28. The curse is sin, sickness, poverty, and eventually death. But I bring you good news. You have been, past tense, you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. So the, the, the curse is sin, sickness, poverty, and eventually death. Now listen, I'm going to help somebody right here. Tell your neighbor, pay, pay real close attention now. The curse is sin, sickness, poverty, and death. And I just said, you've been redeemed. Somebody could fall out and say, 
well, how can you say I've been redeemed from sin, sickness, poverty, and death? Because if the Lord tarries, we're all going to die. That's exactly right. If the Lord tarries, we're all going to die. That's exactly right. If the Lord tarries, we're all going to die. That, but wait a minute, you don't have to die sick. You don't have to die broke. You don't have to die diseased. My annual Bible reading, I was impressed. I, I never cease to be impressed with God. Because in my annual Bible reading, I always come across scriptures and I could, I could go and, and lift my hand and swear an oath in court. I've never read that before. That's, that's how alive the word of God is. And I never noticed it before. But, but Jacob, Jacob, and Jacob was a rascal and Jacob was a scoundrel. And frankly, Jacob wasn't really very spiritual. And, and Jacob was, a, was not a good father. But Joseph brought those boys in. And Jacob blessed the second one more than he blessed the first one, and Joseph fell out about that. But Jacob, man, he, he told him, he said, I know what I'm talking about. The second one is going to be more blessed than the first one. And then the Bible says that he pulled his feet up in bed, and he was gone. Ah, that appeals to me. You know? Like Charles Capps used to speak for us up at I-30. When Obama got reelected, he, he went to the Lord about it. He said, look, I just, he said, I'm, I've crossed 80. I've served you all these years, and I just can't take any more of this. He said, will you let me go? And the Lord said, well, if you want to, you've crossed 80. And, he, and then he went to his wife, and then he went to his daughter, and he got permission, and everybody said, well, if that's what you want to do. So he called Happy Caldwell. He called Kenneth Copeland. He called his friends, and he said, if anybody needs anything from me, you better get it before Sunday, because Sunday I'm going. And that Sunday, he crossed over. You don't have to, you don't have to die sick. Well, everybody's got to die of something. Well, that's true, but I, I've got it, I've got it at home. In a, in a file box in my office closet. It says right there on my mom's death certificate, old age. She had COVID and beat it. And I was so grateful to the state of Tennessee, they didn't put COVID on there to get their $9,000 or whatever it is. I was so grateful it didn't say COVID. She had COVID and beat it, but then she died of old age. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you what, if that rascal can do it, then you can do it. Amen. <laughs> Dear God, I hope she made it, Father. Amen. I guess you know I'm feeling awful loose here. But I guess you know what I believe, and that is this. I believe the objective, our objective is not just to make heaven. Our objective is to have a good reward waiting for us on the other side. Amen. So I believe there are people that, you know, there, there can be rascal Christians and make it, but I, that's not my objective. I want to be well rewarded on the other side. Who are we in Christ? We are heirs of Abraham. Say, I'm an heir of Abraham. Galatians 3, 7, understand that those who believe are children of Abraham. Romans 4, 11, he, Abraham, is the father of all of us who believe. Say it out loud, I'm an heir of Abraham. Say it out loud, Abraham is the father of my faith. 
Say it out loud. Like Abraham, I am blessed. Two more points for today. Who are we in Christ? We are blessed as we hearken and obey. Say it out loud. We are blessed as we hearken and obey. Deuteronomy 28. Now this right here is part of the problem with Christians throwing away the Old Testament. This right here is part of the problem with Christians throwing away the Old Testament. Let's hold our place there in Deuteronomy. Am I in Deuteronomy? Yep. And I'm feeling so loose. Man, I feel like I could do me a... Man, dear God, I'm wired up. I could speak to midnight. Tell your neighbor, he not old. He just hit his prime. Hold your place there in Deuteronomy. Turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that they agree with. Is that what he said? Teaching them to obey what? Some of what I've commanded. Is that what he said? He said, teaching them to obey everything the psychology department says is current. No. no? He says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. All right. So, when you, when you come across things in the Old Testament that you cannot verify in the New Testament, sure, sure, absolutely, you need to wonder, question, and be careful. But when the Old Testament talks about obey, then Jesus himself in the New Testament talks about obey. You cannot, you have no right, no authority to take the Old Testament and throw it out. So here in Deuteronomy 28, in verse 1, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his, all of his commands I give you today, the King James says, If thou shalt hearken to, uh, to observe and to do. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. <clears throat> all these blessings will come upon you, if you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. If you obey. Tell your neighbor, if you obey. Tell the neighbor on the other side, if you obey. He says, verse 3, you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. And notice, all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey. And I mean, all of these years, since January 1, 1984, this is the problem, this is the beef, this is it, this is the issue, this is why the whole Metroplex isn't here. Because we, te we teach taking action on the Word of God, we teach obedience to the Word of God, we teach that Faith without deeds is dead. And that's why we get supernatural results compared to other congregations. Amen. Say it out loud if I obey. Say it out loud as I hearken and obey. I am blessed. Say it out loud I'm blessed as I obey. If you will obey God and follow His commands or if you will hearken to observe and to do then you will be blessed. What did David say about doing? Go to Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted again, an allusion to seeds, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in season, again an allusion to seeds, His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Say it out loud. Whatever I do prospers. Say it again. Whatever I do prospers. Say it out. Hold your hands out. Say, God is blessing all the work of my hands. As I, as I hearken and obey, I am blessed. But what happens if we do not obey? What happens if we do not listen? What happens if we do not follow the commands of the Lord our God? Verse 15, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And my strategy and my thinking on this is not judgmental. My thinking and my strategy on this is, what have I got to lose? That's the way I look at it. What have I got to lose? And so there's a bunch of new people so let me, let me just lay this out that I probably lay out about once a year. This is the way I think. If I read the New Testament in a plain English Bible and I do everything in it, Let's assume Paul's right. Let's assume Jesus is right. Let's assume James is right. And if I, if I get me a New Testament and a plain English Bible and I read it and I do everything found therein, what if they're right? What if it's all true? What if it's correct? Okay, well, I walk in divine health. I walk in divine healing. I walk in divine prosperity. I make heaven. Not only that, I, I, I'm going to be rich forever. I'm going to be rewarded extravagantly forever. Okay? So what if Paul's wrong? What if Jesus is wrong? What if James is wrong? What if it's all a lie? Well, I'm going to have a wife that doesn't hate me. I'm going to have children that don't hate me. I'm going to live an honorable life I'm going to be well regarded. When I die, people are going to speak well of me. My wife will speak well of me. My children will speak well of me. And because I followed what the Word of God said on saving money and investing money, I'm going to have a better life. And because I didn't drink beer and because I didn't do drugs and because I didn't have a cocaine dealer to support and because I didn't gamble, I'm going to have more money all the days of my life. In other words, I can't lose. Can you see it? I can't lose. It's impossible to lose. And I don't understand this new Christian thinking of drinking. I don't get it. Anybody with any understanding knows that every evil wicked habit begins with a lesser evil wicked habit. In other words, nobody goes from zero to heroin. You go through stages of smoking cigarettes, that's the entry level drug, and then you go to weed, which is the next level, and then you go to other things, whether it's 
ecstasy or whatever. And they're always inventing new stuff. So now heroin's not strong enough. Now they're doing fentanyl. I mean, it's, it's just, but it, it, nobody goes from z being a good Christian, innocent person to doing fentanyl. There are steps. That'd be like saying porn's okay as long as it's not kitty porn because unless your name's Hunter Biden, if you have kitty porn on your computer, you're going to a federal prison. Uh, so regular porn's okay but not kitty porn. That's stupid because one thing leads to the next. Do you understand? Regular porn, well, that's an entry-level drug as it were that's going to lead to other stuff and it's all bad. So that's why our strategy here at Faith Christian Center, St. Paul's Preparatory Academy, is what Dr. Lester Summerall said to me one night in my living room, looked across the coffee table, looked straight into my soul and pointed into my heart, and he said, just live a good, straight, clean, moral life. And then think about all the money you save. Amen. I mean, just think about all the money I saved that I don't have to keep suing beer. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Amen. And then if you just don't spend that money on beer and weed and cigarettes and all of that, and then how about this? Invest that money. Like Billy Sunday taught, just that by itself will make you rich without even God getting involved. You'll live a better life. I said you'll live a better life. My life changed, man. October 1993. My dad's laid out there in the box. I'm standing there at the box. My brother-in-law comes over. He said, what are you feeling? And I said, relief. And I turned and I walked over to Sue and I said, from this day to my last day, my mission in life is that if the Lord tarries and I get in the box, my son and my daughter are going to stand there and look at each other and say, what are we going to do now? Man, when, when you're in the box and nobody can speak well of you, you did it wrong. Because when you're in the box, they, they don't care what you say, they'll be standing there at the box cursing you. They'll be telling the truth about you. There's a nobility to Christ and there's a nobility to the Christian way of life. But, it, but if you listen to people in the culture, they'd have you believe that, that Christians are deplorables or whatever. There's a nobility to living an honorable life and being a blessing, being a blessing to your husband, being a blessing to your wife, being a blessing to your children, being a blessing. This is all in the Bible. And to have a good report. Amen. To have a good report. To have people, I'm not talking about the world, but I'm talking about your family speak well of you because you were a blessing. You weren't a curse. Are there areas of your life in which you're not obeying God? Have you hearkened to observe and to do all of God's commands? Have you obeyed God? 
Well, if you have, then you're blessed and you're not cursed. Say it out loud. I'm blessed, I'm not cursed. And one more point today, who are we in Christ? We are the sons of God. We are the children of God. You are his very own child. Tell the neighbor on the one side, you are his very own child. Tell, tell the neighbor on the other side, you are his very own child. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Galatians 4, 6, and 7, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, since you are no longer a slave but a son, and since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. Say it out loud. I'm, I'm his child. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of Almighty God. Romans 8, 16 in the New King James Version says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we are the heirs of God. We're the joint heirs of Christ. I'm talking about what ought to be coming out of our mouth. Now, you don't go down to Walmart and find a bunch of sinners and start talking like this because they'll think you're crazy. But when you're in the midst of your own tribe, and especially when it looks bad, especially when there's opposition, especially when the devil's trying to give you a bad week or a bad month or a bad quarter, you let the Word of God come out of your mouth. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Hallelujah. If the devil tries to get into the heart and the life of a child, if, if you start having trouble with a child, if a child's not doing right, you, you, you take the position, I'm, a, I'm an heir of God, I'm a child of God, I'm an heir, a, an heir of God, I'm a joint heir with Christ. And Satan, I'm not going to let you move into this child's life. I take authority over this situation. Our children did great, but you know, Christina had a friend that was, uh, had attitude, and then Austin went to TCU, Texas Anti-Christian University, and uh, you know, the professors there tried to talk him out of his faith in God, told him he was a genius, and he would waste his life in, uh, a, a life in a pulpit. He ought to go to Princeton and, and be a college professor and all of this stuff. I couldn't count how many times I got up for prayer at 4 o'clock and, uh, you know, feel around. Sue's not there. Get up. And I, I find Sue outside their doors up on the second floor uh, on her knees praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying. Don't you dare let the devil come into your home and take your children and take them to hell. Don't you dare let the devil come in and take your seed. That's your seed. That's not the world's seed. And there's a spirit where a man that can't produce his own child, a man that can't produce his own winner as a son or a daughter, they want to subvert your son and your daughter, and they want to convert your son and your daughter to their agenda. Don't you let them. Say it, shout it out loud. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of God. And I'm a joint heir with Christ. And you can't be cheap. You know, we made a deal with our children. When you graduate from college, you pick the place. We'll take you on vacation. And Austin picked Rome. Oh, my God, who raised these children? But we didn't know, we didn't know until we got there. Listen to me now. Now tell your neighbor, pay real close attention. We didn't know until we got there. But there was a famous Anglican 
archbishop lecturing at the Vatican. N.T. Wright. When I cross over, he may be the first person I look up. And so while Sue and Christine and I are out sightseeing, Austin's over there at this conference listening to N.T. Wright. And it was N.T. Wright. Of all people, you would have thought it would have been somebody named Hagen. You would have thought it would have been some, some famous word of faith person. It wasn't. It was an Anglican archbishop that set him straight theologically. Because he had lived in both worlds. I mean, he was a saved man, but he was a big deal in the Church of England. My God, how much more liberal can you get? But he's teaching the born-again experience. He's teaching conservative theology and, and saved our son. But what if I'd been a cheap ass? <laughs> See, some of you were drifting off to sleep because some of you were drifting off to sleep because I know I'm a little bit over time, but I got your attention now. Like Fred Price would say, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> this church is set up for the next 50 years if the Lord tarries because I wasn't cheap. You want to go to Rome? Okay, we'll go to Rome. And you talk about Romans 8.28. I mean, I'm telling you what, man. If you, let me tell you what. If you will do what we teach here at Faith Christian Center, this crazy Holy Spirit of God can so order your steps to where your child could be saved by an Anglican archbishop. I mean, you tell me if that's not nuts. Is that the way it happened? And listen, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever give up on your children. That's your seed. Say it out loud. My children, my grandchildren are my seed and the devil can't have them. The promises of God's word will never become a reality in your life until you plant them by speaking them into the soil of your life. That is your heart. God's word is given to you as a seed to plant into your own life for what you need. So force the good soil of your heart to produce with your confession of God's word and force the circumstances of your life to change with your confession of the word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. 
remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.